Hey guys, how's everybody doing? Full. Wonderful. Oh, good. Full. <laughs> yes, uh, we can still smell your din dinner. It uh, smelled delicious. Thanks to Emily. Uh, so guys, I know we're going to talk about it later in the podcast, but we had the Lambra Individual Time Trial Championships uh, was yesterday. And I didn't do very well in it. Um, I was really, really slow. But you were pretty slow. I was extremely. I was slow. waiting for you to come to the finish line so I can take your photo. But I was like, I gotta, I gotta run. Like they're gonna do podium soon. Y yeah. Yes, you were so slow that I was certain you had flatted. Yeah. Um. The, and I think I've discovered the reason why I was so slow. Mm -hmm. okay. It's uh, because I put on a little extra weight. Right here. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> for those of you that can't see which is none of you matt is wearing both of his tt medals All right. Well, good evening, gentlemen, and welcome to episode 48 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, guys. This is the T-Bone. And this is Sochirio. So, Sochirio, what do I get if you got a medal? Mm. What do I get for finishing a full six minutes before you? You get nothing. Yeah. I'm too old. I'm in the wrong age group, I guess. That's right. That's right. You're with the old fast man. Yeah. Uh, do, more, do more later on that. Yeah. So with your lackluster performance, Matt, you were mm. still able to get a medal? Yeah. Um, yes. I played the numbers game brilliantly Okay. Uh, by not doing the cat four and signing up for the Masters 45 to 49, which only had three people from Louisiana, Mississippi in it. So pretty much no matter, even if you would have had a really good time, you probably still would have finished where you finished, you yes, think? Yeah. I think so. So you deserve that medal. That's right. I do. Well, there were seven guys in my field, and uh, six of them beat me, which if you do the math there, you will figure that I finished in last place in my age group. Well, cheers to both of us finishing last place in our age group ahead of everybody else who didn't show up well actually i did finish ahead of a whole lot of people in the mercs category i was <laughs> i was racing mercs and i finished fifth overall in the mercs category mm -hmm. out of about 22 people that raced mercs style nice and bonus for me uh randy leger referred to me as eddie at the start gate very nice because I, I reported myself as eligible for the mercs competition and he said okay eddie and then gave me the instructions on the race. So All right. That was kind of cool. Yeah. He thought you looked about as old as Eddie Merckx. Something like that. Okay. Um, so speaking of medals. Yes. There's been a grand tour happening. Uh, there has. And they are, I guess, the bike racers are now probably in back in Italy. Mm -hmm. They did three stages in Israel. Yep. Um, do we want to talk about that race? Yeah, first of all, I want to know what this has to do with metals, though. Yeah. Do they get metals in that race? <laughs> because the bikes aren't made of metal. They're made of That was a segue days. I was hoping you guys would just let go on by. but it was, uh, it was a tenuous link there. Very, very tenuous link, just like the chain link fence, I'm sure, at one of the security checkpoints in I like that. Jerusalem. Mm, okay. All right, yeah. Let's talk about the Giro. Ho sbagliato tante volte ormai che lo so già E oggi quasi certamente sto sbagliando su di te Um well first of all we uh said we last episode we went around and and uh, told who we thought was going to be in pink is anybody correct? Do you anybody remember? Somebody said Rohan Dennis, and Rohan Dennis is in pink. I think I said Rohan Dennis. Yeah. Dennis was a good pick. Yeah. I, I think I wanted to say Rohan Dennis, and I said Tom Dumoulin. I do get some points because he was in pink, you know, for that one day, but 
I think Matt gets that one because he picked Dennis. And you also were going to pick Dennis. Who did you end up picking? I'm pretty sure I picked Doodolin. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So um, we speaking, lose and Matt wins. Oh, yeah. So notch a, notch a point on the wall for Matt Okay. in this week's version of who won the podcast. Yep. Um, speaking of old Tom, he won the time trial looking resplendent in the world champion stripes. Yeah, for a moment I thought, what is Peter Sagan doing in this race? And then I realized it is uh, he has the right to wear that because it is a time trial stage, correct? It is correct, yeah. And he is wearing number one because he is the returning champ from last year. So that's a pretty sweet combo in the first stage of the Giro to be wearing the world champ stripes as the TT, the reigning TT champ and the number one as the reigning Giro champ. Mm. And to come out and win the first stage. Yeah. yeah. And then be in pink. Uh, yeah. So pretty much, I mean, mission accomplished all around on the day one. How do we feel about the all white skin suit? Well, their kit is white and black, right? So yeah. I'm just wondering if you could work in any... I, okay, so you're saying instead of black... It's a skin suit, though. How often do you see... Wout has oh. a, a white top and, and black, black skin, suit. skin suit. Yeah. Well, I think he, he would alternate it, Wout, wouldn't he? Yeah. He alternates the more about Wout a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, not Wout, sorry. More about somebody else in cyclocross a little bit later. I uh, more about world champions later. Mm. I I I'm not going to take anything away from him from wearing the all white skin suit. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that if you're the world champ, re- reigning winner of the tour, uh, in your specialty of the Giro, um, wearing number one. Sorry, the tour of Italy. Yeah. Um, you are you can wear a white skin suit and you could even wear a see through one if you wanted to. Oh, uh, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> But did you guys see Tony Martin's German champion's skin suit? Yeah, that needed to be paired with black shorts. It was paired with the Katusha red shorts. Like the crimson. Which was a different red than is in the, the red of the German flag. So it was just a bit of a just a bit of a clashy clash. Yep. And and frankly, I think if you're wearing yeah, I think those needed to be black. I mean, whatever. They be, again, you know, he's the German national champ. He's, uh, you know, a, a, a badass baller. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to take anything away from him wearing the red shorts, but I think it would have looked better with black. I agree. So I was trying to pull up Tony Martin's uh, skin suit. I, c- I couldn't find it in time. Uh, so obviously, we're not going to do everything that happened. Uh, but it was an opening time trial, 10K, just under 10K. Was it like 9.9 or something? Yeah, or 10. I think 10K or sounds good. Around about 10K. What's it, like six miles? Yeah. Yeah, six and a half miles. Yeah. So it's a, it's, and it was a very punchy time trial, wasn't it? It was a lot of up and down and left and right. Very technical course, uh, which obviously caught a few people out even before they'd raced it. So uh, yeah. Froome crashed, reconning it. Yep. Uh, and Lopez. Low Superman. Yep, he crashed. Not invincible. I think he crashed on the same corner as Froome. It was going over a pedestrian crossing on the paint. Uh, I don't know if any of you saw that. It was actually just before the corner. I think they just. Oh, out. you know what? I did see the video, and it looked like he crashed pretty hard. Yeah. Um, not a way you want to start a grand tour. And then also some other guys crashed. Sitsov, who I've never heard of. Uh, Konstantin Sitsov used to ride for Sky. Uh, now with Barre Merida. Did you won. really have him on your fantasy team? Yeah, he just won the Tour of Croatia. I didn't even know there was a Tour of Croatia. All right. Got to huh. study the form. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Can we move on from stage one? Yeah, well, so Dennis is on the Dennis is in the hot seat pretty much all day long. Dumoulin is the last to start. So, no, 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 we can't move on. No, no I mean, I'm just going <laughs> no, no, to close no, okay, it out. Yeah, yeah, Dennis, is the story. In the, Dennis is in the hot seat all day. Uh, Dumoulin is the last to start as the, the reigning champ. And pips his time right at the end, and two seconds takes the uh, takes the first pink jersey. Dennis was noticeably disappointed. He, I think, he really had hoped uh, that he was going to get it. BMC didn't have a whole lot uh, to shoot for coming into this Giro. They don't. He's really their their GC guy, and I think even he would say he's probably not um, really the the odds of uh, a GC podium for him are pretty long. And so this was kind of what he wanted. And segue to stage two, where 
Dennis went out and through a little bit of cheeky and, and fairly aggressive race tactics ends up in pink at the end of stage two. Yeah, yeah. I actually happened to tune in to stage two right about when they were approaching actually the KOM. I watched mm-hmm. that. That was actually pretty good. The uh, Israeli Cycling Academy guy was in the break and was yep. desperately trying to get the KOM jersey. Denied at the and last And because the Peloton got close enough, a guy from Bardani was yeah. able to jump Bar- across. Barbin. Barbin from Bardiani. Was yeah. able to jump across with the break, kind of get dropped a bit, but then power back and pip him and take it. Yeah. Um, Hot break, really, for, for that guy. And then BMC, like turned it on like full-on sprint lead out train yeah and uh dennis takes the takes the intermediate and uh viviani was right there but really just kind of sat up um i you know probably didn't really want to go full gas for that i don't think that would have helped him at all in the um yeah i mean overall we could get into the weeds with this one but you know <laughs> what the twitters were saying about that was that you know there was a little bit of uh you know sort of uh, honor between teams there and and uh, people once they realized what uh, Dennis and BMC were trying to do Viviani didn't necessarily want to stand in the way of that it wasn't costing him much in terms of his quest for the for the points jersey and uh, maybe would have been a bit uh, of a classless move to try to deny Dennis that and frankly it, it appeared by all accounts, that uh, Dumoulin was was happy to see yeah. the pink jersey to Dennis as well. So it was yeah. a bit of a win-win for everybody, really. Yeah, it's an, it was kind of in the, both their interests, right? I mean, Dumoulin doesn't really want to be holding the jersey going into Sicily. Uh, and it was, it was, I mean, it was an amazing tactics, I think, by BMC. I think they'd obviously planned it out and, it, and played it to absolute perfection, which was, uh, you know, it's... It's not always that these things go that perfectly, and they, they just executed it absolutely yeah, perfectly. Yeah, shit. I mean, kudos to them for even sort of sizing that up as an option because, right. you know, that one, I mean, I, granted, I'm no DS on a pro team, but that one would have sailed right over my head. You know, I didn't even think about it. Bodie, you asked the question on, on our uh, fantasy Facebook group, how long does uh, Dumoulin hold pink? And I, I didn't see anybody taking it from him in either stage two or stage three, just because they were sprint stages. And you just don't think about the Jersey changing hands in a situation like that. But sure enough, BMC crafted away in, in spite of all of that. And, uh, Hey, that's fun. I mean, that's what makes bike racing really cool to watch and talk about. Yeah. It made stage two exciting to watch. Um, did anybody watch stage three? All I know is that uh, old Viv's one, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, stage three I think was much less interesting stage. Really, I mean, it really was pretty much all desert, wasn't it? Um, and not especially exciting to watch. Uh, I will say one more thing about stage two was the finish was kind of a little frantic, wasn't it? Uh, narrow roads, a lot of sharp left and right hand bends coming into the finish there yeah viviani really kind of came from i'm not going to say nowhere because he was but in, in a dr- good I mean, enough he'd been position by his train hadn't yeah he? and was... he really pulled it out at the last minute yeah uh impressive riding so you know we just mentioned uh, our fantasy league mm. well, i feel like we should talk about giro fantasy league right now Um, so as we're walking up here, you know, Matt, you said that maybe <laughs> choosing two sprinters wasn't a good choice. Although so far you are killing it yeah. in our Velo Games League with I both am. Viviani and Sam Bennett. Mm-hmm. I uh, I thought that I was going to be smart picking Jacob Moretzko. Well, that was a smart pick, and, and that I would get another climber instead of Viviani. But you mean I, sprinter. I, no. No, another climber for no, later I on. Thought that I would oh, I save some points. Got you. Sorry. Saved about six points. Mm. Well, Bodie, I think the jury's still out on that move. It may be a very crafty move because I'm sure you got a pretty good bargain um, on your sprinter. 
And as is often the case in these Grand Tour fantasy games, uh, those who have big sprinters in their lineup tend to get points early in some of the sprint stages. And once the big mountains come around, sometimes you're a lot better off having those big cl- uh, those big climbers on your roster, and especially, obviously, right. for GC at the end. Yeah, I guess we'll... I mean, I was thinking about this, though, but stage wins do count a lot and are weighted pretty heavily, so... Yeah. I'm just hoping that's the last we see of Viviani. Um, um, he gets... He misses the time cut on Mount Etna. Yeah. Which I know is not going to happen. Maybe. It could do. It, it, it has. Look at Ever. what happened to... Um, uh, Kittle? Marcel Kittle in the... the uh, was that in the tour or was that in the Giro last year? That was in the tour. Yeah. Uh, Allowing Bling Matthews to win the green jersey. That's right. When Kittle had been a, had been a shoe-in. So. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, they're sprinters. Uh, it's a very mountainous uh, Giro. I, I was just looking again at the parkour uh, today, and it there are some really, really tough. There's not actually a lot of pure sprint stages. There's a lot of punchy stages as well. So... Somebody like a Modelo, for example, could do quite well. I think somebody who's got a bit more, um, you know, ability to to deal with those kind of punchy finishes. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think, uh, you know, I know Viviani is very, very up for showing his new team, Quickstep, you know, that he can finish the job. And also it's his home tour. And, you know, he really wants that uh, Maglia Ciclamino. And because of the composition of the race, uh, the topography of the race, there mm. are not a lot of big sprinters in this race to compete against him. So That's true. You know, he, he uh, has it all laid out there for him for the taking if he can continue with his good form. Yeah. And I would say he's actually pretty small. Uh, not, I mean, he's not tiny tiny but he's he's a lot smaller than sam bennett for example so hopefully i mean for him you would think he'd have a better chance of getting over some of those big mountains are you guys ready for a stage four hot take give it to us yeah i've sort of hinted at this on my twitters but uh my stage four hot take is uh and this was originally an answer to Bodie's question about how long dumoulin's in pink so that question has been uh, answered already but I'm still uh, I'm still going to stick with my hot take, which is that on stage four tomorrow, uh, uh, Jarlinson Pantano wins a uh, punchy, hilly stage from the break. Okay, uh, and makes up the over one minute that he's down on Dennis, hmm. claiming the pink jersey and spawning the hashtag. The pink Pantano. Nice. Okay. Super, super hot take, which I'm into because I have Pantano. Oh. Um, I'm do also hoping Pantano that... I, I do have Pantano. That he's okay. in a break with Mr. Benjamin King, who happens to scoop up all the KOM points that day. He trades the stage win to Pantano because Ben King's farther back in time. Yep. Do you have Ben King? I don't have Ben King. So if my my situations, I would I would beat you because we're tied with the Pantano. But if I have the King, that's that's my that's my Townsend hot take squared. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll give you that because it doesn't exactly matter to me that Pantano wins the stage as long as he makes up the time, gets into pink. If it doesn't happen on stage four, I'm just hoping it happens at some point during this Giro, because I'm I'm, I'm dying. I don't know. Dying to uh, roll out that hashtag. Well, I had, uh, you know, we spoke at the beginning about Konstantin Sitsop or Sitsu or however you pronounce his name, the uh, Belarusian who um, crashed out uh, when he was reconning the TT. Uh, I happened to just wake up just in time to see that on Twitter that he crashed out and then swap him out just in time for Nicholas Egg, who also rode amazingly well at the Tour of Croatia. So I'm expecting some big things in the days coming up from Nicholas Egg. If you hadn't have done that swap, you would have automatically got Nibali, but the other Nibali. The other. No, I th- 
Uh, I think he said that he swapped him for Antonio Nibali. The no, I think it was another Bahrain Marita rider that was getting the automatic swap, not Nibbles. Okay. Unless you had that other rider, then you would have got uh, Antonio Nibbles. Ah. Uh, oh, Velo Games. Velo Games was giving you an automatic swap. Yeah, which it, I think is nice of them yeah, to sure. do that. Uh, gotcha. But I managed to make it in just in time, even though I think they'd actually started racing. I don't know how I managed to do that, but. Uh, well, Matt, your team with Viviani and mm. Nicholas E.G., mm. the Gaza Strippers, is currently in yes. first place. Yeah, um, by about 200-odd points. At the yeah, moment. ahead of Carbonara Clinchers, Mr. Jaden Kiefer. Good name. And mm. Are You Serious in third? Uh, Aru Serious. Aru yeah. Serious. Yeah. Yes, that's Aru, Aru Serious. <laughs> Can't even say <laughs> it. Pronounced, <laughs> pronounced Are You Serious. Yeah. I'm not I'm not serious. Uh, ben L. I don't know who Ben L is. I don't know who Ben L is either. So, I don't know how, how is uh, how's spaghetti, uh, spaghetti Bone Linnaeus doing? Uh, how is Spaghetti Spaghetti Bone Linnaeus? Spaghetti Bone Linnaeus? You know, Spaghetti Bone Linnaeus. He is in, oh, you are in sixth place, but you're ahead of me, Froom Dog Gazillionaire. Yeah. Which is also a good one. I like that one's growing on me. <laughs> yeah, Food dog Gaza Illionaire. <laughs> Gazillionaire. Yeah, a lot of, um, uh, lot of Palestinian themed teams going on. Yeah, like, you know, too. just trying to have fun. Um, any other good? So before we leave the Giro, can we talk about the uh, Astana team hamsters. car? Pretty good. Hmm? Just sorry to interrupt you, Townsend. Yeah. Uh, our friend A.A. Ron, his team name is the Andes Hamsters. Seven mm. Eleven jersey. Oh, his nice. Point total is Seven Eleven. Uh, what? Yep. That's an amazing coincidence. Wow. He should wow. just quit right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He probably should just quit right now. I yeah. don't think you can actually quit, though, right? You, it's not like classics where you could bench <laughs> on your squad. But, uh, Aaron, you need to, um, screenshot that and maybe, uh, maybe, uh, tweet at Mr. Andy Hampson. Nice. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, I think it's actually the anniversary, right? Of and it's the 30th anniversary of Andy's win. Of the Blizzard ride? 88 was the year he won i believe oh i thought you meant of the actual stage where he was riding through the blizzard i don't think of the actual stage but the act that year that year yeah yeah uh yeah only american to ever win the giro not the only north american because uh rider hejadal also won the giro canadian yeah (laughs) with a very un-canadian sounding name yeah all right before uh, we leave the Giro, can we talk about the Astana team car taking out the uh, taking out the sign and almost taking out the uh, yeah. the oh, literal was, uh, sleeping policeman? That was pretty you mean insane. that happened at the Tour de Yorkshire? Oh, that was at Tour de Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the Giro. That's a great transition there. I'm looking at Bodie's notes here. I thought it was the uh, yeah. You had let's let's just uh, cut that all out. <laughs> no, we can keep that all in because yeah. um, that's a good segue to the Tour de Yorkshire. Um, I didn't watch any of it, so. I have zero hot takes. I did see that GVA won. He did. That's cool. I mean, why not? He's had a little bit of a sleeper year, so yeah. why not win a four-race four stage race? Four-day four stage race? Four-day four stage, stage, stage race. Yeah. Well, uh, they're all very sort of classics-like stages, you know? They're no big long climbs. They're just some really, really strong punchy climbs which he tends to excel at so yeah it was ideal parkour i think for him i mean day one was i mean once they'd come like over north yorkshire well they're not north yorkshire from beverly south east yorkshire uh once they'd come off the moor it's really flat into doncaster which is my parents hometown and you would have thought that was going to be a sprint finish but they timed it wrong and the break not only did the break beat them by about, I think, like five seconds or something, like, you know, it was really in the last, right down the last kilometer, but the guy in the break who you thought was already done managed to win the sprint, tops, not drops, seated. You don't see that very often. It sounds like he had nothing left. I, I think it sounds like everybody else had nothing left. Um, they all had nothing left. I guess so. He, but they had, he had enough left. Yeah, that was exciting. The, the the photos from that finish show the screaming Peloton literally right on their heels. Yeah. And uh, just a perfectly, well, a perfectly ill-timed uh, 
catch by the Peloton or a perfectly timed uh, break by the break. Yeah. So uh, young lad from Yorkshire as well. So it's like, you know, little Yorkshire home gun. win. Yeah. Canyon Iceberg, who aren't even pro Conti. They're like just a regular national team. Kind of like if uh, our team was at the Tour of California. Very much like that. Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> um, lot of fans at the Tour of, York- Tour of Yorkshire. Massive. Just Big crowd. Cycling's popular there? It seems to be. It seems to be doing fairly well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I so saw a lot on Twitter about you know saying, "Hey guys, you know, take this as a, a as a lesson. Add more stages, make the race bigger, make it longer." I mean, yeah. they went from three stages to four stages this year, right? Yeah, and the women's race went from one stage to two stages. I still don't understand why the women's can't be four stages too. That makes no sense. It is kind of crazy. Get it together, ASO. It, it is oh, is it an ASO race? Of course, it's an oh, ASO race. Oh, okay. Hashtag ASO. Yeah, uh, but Matt, the the stage that you alluded to on last week's podcast, which I guess was stage two, that you said finished in Ilkley, your hometown, yep. at the top of the uh, the top of the moor. It did. It finished up on Ilkley Moor. Cheese uh, Bucket Drive. Okay, just stop it. <laughs> it's actually uh, that road is called Cow Pasture Road. Oh, okay, I was close. <laughs> uh, massive, was massive cheese. crowd at the finish. Enormous from that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just unbelievable. I don't. I mean, there were probably as many people there that day as when I was there on stage one of the Tour de France five years ago, is it now? Uh, yeah, just incredible. And that's not like, you know, where they were is like, I don't know where you would park. There's not a lot of parking space up the top of that hill. I mean, it's not that far a walk from the middle of town, but uh, I would imagine parking was at a premium. But yeah, it's only like a just over a mile, that climb, but it's pretty steep. It gets up to like 14%, something like that. Um, and you, it looked like GVA was going to get that, but Magnus Court Nielsen just popped around at the last moment and really just blew him away in the finish there. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, I mean, great stage, great. The weather, amazing, was just amazing for the whole race, which was, you know, very surprising. When for you mean amazing, you mean like dreary and drizzly? No, it was like beautiful sunshine oh. and it was just you know, stellar weather, which you would not expect for Yorkshire, especially this time of year. Did you have any bros like kicking it at the top of the Oakley Moor, eating fish and chips, watching the race? No, I checked. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I know, I mean, some friends who uh, still live there, um, didn't see anybody uh, posting anything about it, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. And the, the last stage really was, um, uh, a really tough stage, very much like an Ardennes kind of thing, all up and down and really steep, you know, some really super, you know, Yorkshire, the Yorkshire Dales has, it doesn't have any huge mountains, but it has a lot of stuff where it's like, okay, this is fairly shallow. And then boom, kicks up to 25%. And then it's like, you know, down to 10% and then boom up to 20% again. So like really tough on the legs, tough, tough day. Uh, but yeah, amazing that uh, it's, it's just growing and growing uh, there. So hopefully they can extend it to a full week. Maybe you'll invite us back home with you one year to go watch it, Matt. Yeah, that would be great. We can't see it as mom's out, though. Yeah, it's well, too no. small. Well, no, she's down in Cornwall as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's a long way away. But uh, don't forget, next year, Yorkshire's hosting the World Championships 2019. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, the last little thing on my note was that uh, Colin Joyce... Of rally, yeah, the American. Uh, he was he was in fourth place in GC at one point, uh, and yeah. he dropped to like tenth. So close. I, I think Almost a, had an American on the podium. I think a lot of people really, really suffered on the last day. I think I've got it in the notes over there. Who was the lad who won on the first day? Uh, Harry Tanfield. That's right. He um, he didn't make the time cut on the last day. But, you know, they let him ride into the finish. Uh, but, yeah, it was a really, really brutal, brutal day. And BMC, again, great weekend for them. They just played it brilliantly on that last day and managed to uh, get one over on Astana. Well, guys, um, I saw a funny thing on Twitter today, and I posted the link here in our show notes that there was an interview with Mr. Peter Sagan mm. done by Katerina Nash for Cycling Tips. And Katerina Nash asked Peter Sagan what he thought about Matthew Vanderpool 
doing mountain biking to get to the 2020 Olympics. And Foregoing a pro road contract yeah. to do mountain biking in anticipation yeah. of the 2020 Olympics. Yeah. And, and he said... Peter, Peter Sagan said, who is that? Yeah. Sick burn. <laughs> yeah. And let me put this into context as well. They were at a gravel, dirt, Fondo event that Sagan was putting on. Right. Sagan used to race cyclocross. Yep. Referen- junior world champion. Yeah. References. Oh, was he junior world champion? Something. Junior. Yeah. yeah under- maybe. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, maybe junior Croatian champion. Possibly. Uh, but except he's not Croatian. He's Slovakian. I mean, Slovakian. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and, uh, and then not only that, but immediately after the question about Matthew Vanderpoel, she asks him a question about Wout Van Aert, and he speaks with with tremendous knowledge about Wout Van Aert. That's so weird, it was like it? a super burn. Well, uh, I mean, he had been racing with Wout all spring classics. Yeah, that's true. true. They were in not the same been races. racing with Vanderpool. Um, yeah, but it, I haven't it, been racing with either of them, and I still knew who, know who they all are. Was it sort of a Kanye quote? Maybe, 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 maybe he just wasn't thinking when he answered the question. But in any event, uh, yeah. So, did you guys see any of the uh, the reports of the the Sagan Fondo? Um, I saw a couple photos. Yeah, uh, Levi Leipheimer uh, riding, Daniel Oss riding it. Um, they had oh. these like weird sort of faux wood numbers that they had hung off their handlebars. Hmm. And Peter Sagan was number two, (laughs) which begs the question who number one was. And we do. And do we know? I don't know. I looked through the I looked through the race results to see if I could see a number one. Maybe it was the I I, I guess I presume it would have been the winner of last year's event. But I thought this was the first year that they'd done it. I don't remember them doing the Sagan Dirt Fondo last year. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say this was the first year. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pull up results. Well, but, yeah, and, and of, Peter Sagan didn't win. Well, speaking of winning, uh, do you really win a Fondo? It's so confusing. I don't know. I think can you win I'm, a charity ride? Uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> think that you can and ride like you can. I mean, yeah. technically, with like the Grand Fondo in New York, like yes, you actually can win that. Um, it's just not a. It's it is sort of a mass start, but you're timed. So those are actually winnable races, but yeah, I didn't... Well, let's just call it a competitive Fondo, even if it's just a sort of competitive amongst friends. But, right. you know, Fondos do report results, and they report finish order. So in that to that extent, it is a competitive event, and you get results. And there are results published from this race. Right. And uh, Peter Sagan was uh, beat fairly handily by 20, 30 minutes by... Uh, young guy whose name I now forget, but he can, and, and, and not only him, but I think Sagan finished, you know, in, in the top 10, but not right. Well, I mean, it's his race, right? He can't. Yeah. So he's probably kicking back. He's having fun, goofing off, doing willies, forgetting, forgetting who Matthew Vanderpoel is. Yeah. Fixing his stem. (laughs) That's right. Fixing other people's stems. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, I did see one photo where he's wheeling at the mass start. So he leads the group out, and he's do cutting we, a big Do we wheel. know how long this Fondo was? The finish times were four-plus hours, so I'm going to assume it was, uh, you know, 100-ish, 120K maybe. Yeah, on gravel. So yeah. On gravel. Yeah. And, and a bit of elevation as well. Yeah, was it up um, like near Downeyville or somewhere like that? Right, it was in, Truckee, in Truckee, Truckee, California. Okay, well that's up that's up in some altitude, right? Oh, no, that's there. yeah, it's yeah. in the mountains for sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, so there was that, um, and he has a, a road fondo in California coming up later in, this year, right? Yeah, it's in November. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, he's getting ready for a tour of California. I don't have any other new news to report on that, but I'm excited for that to start. That yeah, should be and starting that soon, right? Next Sunday, this yeah. coming Sunday. All right. On, yeah. on Mother's Day. On Mother's Stage Day. Stage one in Long Beach. Mm. That's right. Speaking uh, of which, there's another event locally on Mother's that's Day. That's right. There's a gravel ride, gravel race. Speaking of gravel, yeah. Wow, I really am out of shape since the last time we've done this. 
So really, wasn't that I've like two my, weeks ago? No, oh God, it feels, <laughs> I've ridden my bike maybe once in the past two weeks, twice in the past two weeks. Wow. So I was actually wondering if it would be bad form for me to register for the B race this uh, downgrade <laughs> this week. No, I think we've got to do the A's if we're going to do it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing Mother's Day, uh, though. That's going to be tricky. I know you said uh, you're going to upgrade Alex Cormier to A's. Uh, I didn't say that. What? Who said that? Oh, no. Elise, maybe Elise said that. Yeah, Bodie's not the race director. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so I've got, a, I've got an idea for you, Matt. Quick mm. little plan. Let me throw it out. What time's the uh, race? 10 o'clock? 11 o'clock? <laughs> I don't know. All right, so you get up, in the, you get up yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Breakfast in bed. Make some, some porridge or some, you know, whatever you Brits do yeah, romantic for porridge. breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. romantic porridge. A little bit porridge. of the Mother's Day love <laughs> porridge. Um, <laughs> That's it with, the name of my new band, love porridge. <laughs> set it with a vase of, of tasteful flowers on yeah. a little tray. Yeah. Walk in to, yeah. to the bedroom. Right. Hand the tray to Brooke. In ha- my kit. Already ha- in yeah. my skin ha- suit. Well, right. But, but <laughs> under a robe. Under, under a robe. So she can't see it. <laughs> right. uh, drop the tray on the bed. Yeah. Give Brooke a nice little, you know, kiss on the head. Here mm. you are, baby. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, I'll be back in two hours to clean it all up. Yeah. Uh, you watch the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure that'll go down great. All right. Isn't, uh, isn't there a gas station next to your house? Can the kids go, just go play in the gas station? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. There's there's plenty of undocumented workers to look after them there. <laughs> yeah, you could just go send them out there to clean up from the Saturday night drug fest that happens in that abandoned building next to you, Matt. Yeah, or they just go play in the pool by themselves. Yeah, <laughs> there you fine. go. Yeah. Parenting tips from the IRA podcast. The Lambra Individual Time Trial Championships were Sunday. You guys raced. I took photos. Great photos, by the way, Bo. Oh, thank you. Uh, of the three of us, the question came up yesterday uh, who had done the best. Um, I was, of course, immediately thinking, well, clearly it was me because I had the best time of the three of us. Yes. Uh, True. Better than Matt's time, and you didn't race. <laughs> so better than my time. Uh, but then you, with a sort of a wink and a nod, said, "Well, you hadn't seen my photos yet, and I'm going to have to hand it to you, Bodie. After seeing your photos, I'm going to give you the win at the Lambra Individual TT." Mm. Yeah. Well, that's very generous, but I don't think I can accept that win because I, I, I also do believe that you've got to actually pin on a number to win a race. So, uh, you guys win that part. Yeah, and, and out of the two of us, Townsend, Townsend definitely wins yeah, that Yeah, so part. you might actually win. All right, well, I'll take it if you insist. Mm. Uh, but yeah, as we as we said in the open, neither Matt nor I did particularly well. Uh, my time was a, a, a 10 minutes plus uh, off of the winning time of the race. Um, That's not bad to be going because the, the winning time was pretty uh, damn fast. Yeah. And uh, actually, I'm sorry. My my time was ten minutes slower than the uh, uh, than Stephanie Smith's winning time, which was a couple minutes slower than the overall winning time of what was the overall winning time? Fifty four minutes and change. Fifty three minutes twenty seconds for forty kilometers. So my time mm. was an hour seven minutes and change. So make that ten minutes fourteen minutes. And now tell me, I don't suck. Well, I sucked even worse because I had all kinds of aero gubbins going on and I could barely, I don't know what was going on. But what's really weird to me is I looked at my power numbers and even though they were low, they weren't like crazy low. I mean, I averaged like 240 watts and yet I could not go faster than 20 miles an hour, which seems kind of crazy to me. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if I might, I, I don't know. Well, Matt, I have something to say about something that you just said, although I can't say I've ever heard the term used. You said aero gubbins? Yes. <laughs> aero gubbins. Gubbins. So, yeah, yeah. so that, that's actually my take on this whole time trial thing, uh, is that it's all about the aero gubbins. Well, it is for people to go really fast, but yeah. I had some aero gubbins there, and it did not seem to be doing me any favors well, yesterday at all. Yeah, you How needed many times more gubbins. Have you, have you ridden with your aero gubbins? A few times. 
But I mean, yeah. I know I've ridden like when I've ridden before. I definitely, I just, I don't know. I felt super duper slow. I almost felt like my brakes were rubbing, which maybe they were. I don't know. I was really slow. It's weird. I don't know how I can put out that amount of power and be that slow. And it wasn't that much power, but it was a lot more than you would think you would need to go to that that kind of speed. So the TT is obviously about your fitness and your ability to Mm -hmm. put out power over a a, a set distance. Yep. Uh, And for that reason, often called the race of truth. Yes. Uh, but I have to say, uh, maybe that was the case when everybody was on road bikes in the sixties and seventies, Merck style. Like yourself. That's right. Uh, but I would say that a time trial more than a race of truth these days is a bit more of a space race. A little bit. all about the gear. Yeah. And if you don't have the gear... And you don't have the same gear or as good a gear or as arrow a gear as the next guy right. or gal. Uh, you are at a distinct disadvantage. Yes. Way more so than in a crit or a road race or a cyclocross race. Definitely. Or anything. Well, uh, there's no sitting in. So it's all about being as aerodynamic as possible, right? I mean, obviously the power helps too. Yeah. But... The aerodynamics make a massive difference, don't they? I mean, you know, we can we can see that, you know, clearly the 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 times that people are able to put in that in the Merck's era would you know that there were lots of people out there yesterday that would have been faster than Merck's, right? Because of the bike, yeah, because yeah, of sure. the bike and the helmet and the skin suit and the. Everything. Which kind of leads me to the other point that I noticed. Even me, not being a huge fan of the time trial, in fact, being a distinct non-fan of the time trial, though I did it because I want to support our local race scene. I want to get out there and have fun, and I did. I had a great time hanging out with everybody. I love racing my bike, and if that's the discipline that's out there, I'll I'll go out and do it. But I don't love it. Uh, I don't have any interest in, and I've never really had any interest in buying a time trial bike, but I do have to say, I do get the allure of the TT bike after now having done a time trial because yeah. I'll be damned if I would ever want to go do a time trial again and not give myself the advantage mm. of having a good fast bike to be competitive. My Your natural competitiveness sort of takes over. And yeah. I guess that's why all these dudes have TT bikes, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, last year, you know, I, I borrowed um, our teammate, uh, Will Buku's, uh, TT bike to do the the four man TT, and you ride around it at like fifteen to twenty miles an hour, and you're like, this thing is awful. It's absolutely awful. But you wind up to twenty five, and you're suddenly like, holy crap, this is a rocket ship. You're like a dart flying through the air. Yeah, it just suddenly becomes something. It's like, wow, I can hold this speed, you know, so much easier on this, you know, with the full deep wheel on the front and the full disc on the rear and you know, the whole like uh, kind of fed in TT frame that everything is, you know, a lot, lot faster. Um, the one that the big thing is getting used to the position on them. And really, you know, that's where you've got to put in the work with the TT bike. It's it's one thing to have all that gear, but you've got to be able, you've got to put in a lot of time on those things to actually be comfortable doing it. You know, it's it's uh, they're not they're not instantly comfortable things. Well, speaking of being really fast and spending a lot of time uh, on the TT bike training, uh, we have a pretty special individual in Lambra who uh, yesterday uh, set yet another uh, course record, women's course record, out at the uh, at the uh, Laplace TT course. And we've talked about her before on the podcast in connection with USA Crits and in connection with the Harbor Master, Lambra's own Stephanie Smith. Uh, who won the women's race yesterday and set a new women's course record. And we had a chance to catch up with her, Bodie and I did, uh, after her race. And I think we've got a little bit of footage from that. Well, we don't have any footage, but we do have an interview. So uh... Yes, that's not footage, is it? Footage would be video. <laughs> yeah. We've got some tape of the uh, interview. We do have some tape. <laughs> let me, uh, let me put, plug in the Betamax and uh, hit, hit the old play button. All right, thanks, guys. 
I'm out here at the Lambra Individual Time Trial Championships, standing in the shade here under the Urban South tent, and I'm with Stephanie Smith. Stephanie, how's it going? Great. <laughs> so there's a lot that uh, I want to talk, uh, chat with you about, but let's start with today. Congratulations. I understand uh, not only did you win the uh, women's overall, but you set a new course record. How'd you feel? I did. Uh, I felt good. I was nervous going into the turnaround. Um, we had a little bit of headwind, and I was starting to hurt. And then you turn around, and we had a tailwind. So just kept pushing it from there, and I was able to negative split it and come back home. That's funny because I was expecting a tailwind at that turnaround, but I was so dead. I didn't actually feel a tailwind on the way back until right at the end there. I don't know. You were, uh, I think you were probably feeling a little bit fresher than I was at that turnaround. But this is a course that we've done in years past, um, and I know you've ridden it before. What was the difference today, you think? Um, to be honest, I have no idea. Just training has been going really well lately, and uh, the, the, for the women, the wind wasn't as bad. I did, it did pick up as the day went on, though. So you talked about training. I guess you've been doing a bunch of training. You are uh, racing right now with Cola Vita Bianchi, is that right? That is correct, yes. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and um, and sort of what your role with the team is right now. Um, it came about by the Burt Massey um, asked for my resume and sent it into Tina Pick. And they called me up and asked me to come do some guest riding for them. Um, still need to work on my handling skills a little bit, but it's definitely getting better. I'm learning every time I race and just enjoying it. So are you, uh, have you been with the team and was your, uh, was your series that you just did, the Speed Week series that you just did with the team, was that your first appearance with the team or have you been racing and training with them before that? Um, I did Sunny King Crit with them and then this was my first, I've never gone to Speed Week before and so this was my first full week with them. So it was pretty cool. We were able to pick you out on the TV watching the, uh, you know, USA Crits has the new live uh, streaming that they're doing for the uh, for the crit series and uh, we were able to see you in a couple of those races uh, you were telling me earlier you did uh, the four races at speed week what were those races and tell us a little bit about your experience there uh yeah so we raced Walterboro, which was wednesday night then we had a day off and friday was spartanburg then saturday was athens and sunday was commerce um it was incredible. Just the experience in the full week, uh, Athens was insane with the crowd. I thought Spartanburg was big and they had tents set up all along the course. And, you know, I was talking to the girls. I was like, this is crazy, all these people out here. And they said, just wait till Saturday. And Saturday was insane. Um, there was eight to 10 deep around the entire course. And then before the race, I didn't notice it. Just so focused on what I had to do and trying to push away nerves. And then after you're warming down and everybody's high-fiving you and handing you beers and it, I just had a big smile on my face it was incredible. So your team did fairly well over the course of Speed Week. Um, do you have any particular role with the team? Are you out there putting in any kind of particular work or you know trying to get out in breaks or trying to cover breaks? What, what do they tell you before the race as far as what your role is? Uh, well, we're working towards that. Um, but yeah, my role will be to cover breaks and to get out and try to break away. Um, just kind of be the engine for the team. And then if I can, if everything's together to be a lead out for the sprinters, which I am not. <laughs> Still working on that one. You race in Lambra and like you said, like the fields and the women's fields aren't very big. And then you stepped into speed week and it was massive. I mean, how was that jump into the deep end? Uh, it was very intimidating, to be honest with you. Scary. Uh, I mean, you're able to spread out in Lambra to where you're really not next to anybody in Speed Week. I mean, you're touching every turn and, and then the straightaways, too. Do you feel, though, after Speed Week that you've gained some experience or a little bit of knowledge and, like, not, you're not maybe not as scared anymore? Absolutely. I mean, I still have a ways to go, but I definitely, every race, I noticed I was able to improve and feeling a little bit more comfortable. So what are your plans with the team for the rest of the season? What's next? Um, I will go with them to Winston-Salem to do the road race, um, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Awesome. Well, we missed you at Harbormaster this year. I guess we saw you out there. You came and, and, and came and said hello to us, but didn't race this year. I guess you were saving it for Speed Week, which started, I guess, the Wednesday after Harbormaster. 
Yeah, I was. I love racing Harbor Master. It's in our hometown, so I was bummed. But um, I was going to go and race it, and then with it raining, we are afraid just to take a chance of a wreck right before. Because I was leaving. I flew out the very next day, so we decided to play it safe. I would say that was probably a smart move. It was a little nasty for that women's race. But yeah, you were our only uh, champion of the of the Harbor Master for the first four years, and you passed the torch this year to my teammate, Emily Gass. So she was actually out here with you today, finished second to you in the time trial. Is that right? It, she did. She's fantastic. She's getting really strong. Uh, if I would pass the torch to anybody, I'm glad I was able to pass it to her. <laughs> Well, we've got some more local racing coming up. You and I were talking off the air before we started the interview about the uh, Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series, which you said you were excited about. Uh, does that mean you're going to try to come out and race with us? I am. I need all the practice I can get. And so I was stoked about when y'all put it on because I was talking to some of the team members before who live in Dallas and they have crits every night. So talking about going there to work with her and then y'all posted it the very next day. So... <laughs> Well, your teammates from uh, Cola Vita Bianchi are certainly welcome to come out and race with you as well. So if you can <laughs> drum some of that up, uh, we do have uh, prize money and lots of prizes and good stuff. I'll see what I can do about that. All right. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much. I'm going to let you uh, get back to enjoying your post-race activities out here. And congratulations again on your uh, Lambra time trial champion and your course record today. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking. Well, that was really awesome to hear from Stephanie um, with her experiences at Speed Week and just to hear her about her experience at the time trial championships. Because I got to tell you, listening to you two slubs talk about doing time trials, I almost fell asleep. So thank you, Stephanie, for waking me up. Um, and speaking of other fast people, I just want to give a, a couple shout outs to some of the guys who did really well at the other races and some of our teammates. Mm. We had Peter Reed, who actually won the 1 2 uh, race. Yes. He, I talked to him before the race, and he had said he'd got second or third multiple times ever since he caught up to two. Um, and Matt Davis did not show up. He was on the starting list. And possibly that's why Peter Reed might have got the win. Peter Reed also put down a hell of a time. Yeah. 54-11. Uh, we had Josh Hudson, who I haven't seen race bikes in a long time. Uh, I think he's coming back to, to the bike community. He got second. And young Logan McLean, who won a juniors category early in the day, got third. Uh, our teammate... Two uh, TTs in one morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like 16, so, I mean, he could probably do 15 TTs, you know? Right, and he did the junior distance in the morning, which was just the 20K, so that was really probably warm his warm-up for yep. the 1-2-3. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had a late start time for the 1-2-3s because they went off last. So it kind of worked out perfectly for him. Uh, mm. Like we said in the Cat 3, Jeremy Stagg, pro triathlete, uh, won yeah. the Cat 3s, followed by Benjamin Darling, who I'm not familiar with, and our teammate, Will Bouquois, got third. Yeah, Wait. even though he missed his start time by about 30 seconds. So Again. he was starting with a deficit. Couldn't get his velo toes on. Uh, I'll tell you, it. I almost you, missed a start trying to get my velo toes on. You guys and your velo toes. They're like rubber gloves. There's something very kinky about those things. Super uh, but wait, kinky. I thought Will got second. Pretty sure he got second. Well, he got third overall, but he oh, got second in Lambert. Second the guy in Lambert. Second from Georgia. Gotcha. How that old math works out. All right. And then shout out to Taylor Reinhardt, who got first in the Cat 4s. Yeah, smashed it. Crushed it. Um, mm. And we had a few other teammates who raced in the 4s and the 5s. Obviously, Emily Gass got second in the 1, 2, 3s. Yep. She was pretty Merck's. much Merck's style. She had arrow bars, she but she was... wasn't, yeah. yeah. That almost, was it. She almost got under an hour. Um, I'm sure... Speaking about equipment, I, I would love to see her with the full setup and how fast she should go. I should oh my definitely break an hour. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I had, yeah. I've heard from, uh, on, have it on good authority that uh, she still doesn't have a power meter on her bike at this point. So wow. I think that's coming soon. I think her coach is going to actually give her an old power meter, a uh, power tap wheel to actually ride on the road with one. And then, then shout special shout out to our old friend and still club member, Terry Shroom, yeah, who came over from Georgia and donned a semi-tough cycling club jersey and did a time trial. Yep, great shot of Terry um, at the uh, at the start with a big smile on her face and the uh, old semi-tough, the all blue semi-tough kit, the, looking good. The addition to yeah. semi-tough kit, right? Yes, the two point oh. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, great so to see Terry out there. Super cool to see. Uh, there was another teammate who got a medal. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, who oh was gosh. it? Elise Bahasa. How lest we forget, third in the women's four or five. And I think Matt wants to yeah. make sure that you remember that was, he finished third in his category. I don't see. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the <laughs> results. I think you'll, so many, so many categories broken out for various age group. Um, if you'll look up Bodie, he's showing you oh, visually wow. clinking his medals, medals together. <laughs> Oh man, I, I gotta maybe I gotta try and win a medal so I can bring it on the freaking podcast. You know what you have to do is you have to actually just enter a race and then you increase your possibilities of getting a medal. Okay, let's see. That's so my pro. My, that's my pro tip for ooh, the day. My age group, there were three people mm. who, so I possibly could have gotten a medal. You could have ridden masters, right? Thirty-five, thirty-nine. Yeah. So I would have had to beat one person. Maybe could have done it. Um, off the couch medal. Well, Maybe were any of year. were any of those people out from out of state? Because uh, from out no, of, they were all in state. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. See if you did like I played the numbers game. You did. I told you how to do it. <laughs> also, a uh, quick shout out to a good friend of the podcast, Jaden Kiefer, who won the Mercs division mm. uh, with a sub one hour time, and he attributed that to his brand new mustache, <laughs> which he told us made the wind afraid of him. <laughs> Um, it is a it is a sweet sweet mustache. Yeah, I think I think that classes as a bigote. Yeah, yeah, Indeed. yeah. He looked resplendent in his uh, with his mustache and uh, newly, his newly single Jaden Kiefer, uh, I believe, uh, because his wife is probably going to divorce him any moment now because of the mustache, <laughs> because of the big bigote. Yeah. And, Speaking uh, of big bigotes, shout out to Daniel Amiri Brahami because he had a pretty big bigote. That too. one was spectacular. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he really filled it out. Yeah. Um, all right, I feel like we've had enough of time trials. Yeah, done mustaches. with it. Uh, right. Bodie, we um, have some viewer mail this week. We do. We we got an email <laughs> this week from my good friend, uh, longtime listener. I think he's left us a re- review. Um, Mr. JD White, Hota de Blanco. Um, so he writes, hey dudes, got a quick question about proper riding attire. Mm. At what wheel size is it okay to ride in shorts and a t-shirt instead of your kit? Asking for a friend. Wheel size? That's interesting. Now, I don't know if he means wheel size as in the diameter of a wheel, or does he mean tire size as in the width of your tires? Ooh. I'm going to say probably means tire size because he just bought a mountain bike. Yeah. And I think he's like fully embracing the mountain bike lifestyle. In that case, I have an easy answer to his question. Mm. If you're measuring your tire width in inches, yeah, you can wear baggy shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, I like that. That's a nice. That's a there nice, you go. So it's basically imperial or metric is the is the cutoff point. <laughs> that, that's my answer. Um, which which is also to do with the wheel size because it would be a 29 inch wheel as opposed to a 700 C which is actually the same thing. Okay, yeah, so there you go, JD. So now you know you are free to embrace your baggy lifestyle. You and your granola friends can hit the mountain bike trails and uh, do, I don't know what granola mountain bike people do because um, I've only ridden a mountain bike twice and I've definitely both times worn a kit. So yeah, mm. I don't know. Uh, speaking of mountain bikes though, I want to give out a shout out to our new teammate, Andrea Centofani, is that is that Centofani? Centofani, oh, I said my Italian pronunciation. <laughs> uh, she is smashing it in the regional mountain bike series. She's won two races now. Yeah, why don't we just give a quick shout out to the entire mountain bike team? That's Bjorn, true. Bjorn Hogg, Jason right. Williamson, Stephen Beaumont, yeah. and Andrea. Yeah, um, who all, also went out and raced this Sunday. Yeah, while yeah. the roadies went and did a time trial. That's yeah. right. And they look great in their uh, Urban South kits out there on them uh, mountain bikes. And uh, I think it's great that we've got a mountain bike team and that they're interested in rocking it. Yeah. I, and and then, you know, overall, it was new kit weekend for the team. Ooh, and yeah. uh, I think everybody looked really sexy. New kit, except for me. Except for Bodie. I don't have a new kit yet. I hope that comes That's in because soon. you didn't order it when everybody else did. True. Yeah. True. Um, but the kids look good. Yeah. I've changed my mind. It's grown on you. They look really good. Hot. It looks hot. Yeah. I agree. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this 
48th episode of the Yeah You Right podcast. Mm. We're about to enter a new master's podcast category in <laughs> two more weeks. Right. So well, Yeah, I guess next week will be 49th episode, but our racing age will be 50th. <laughs> Unless that's our racing age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's this is great. I'm looking forward to next week with... There's going to be a hell of a lot of action from the Giro to talk about next week. Yes. There's going to be some local gravel action to talk about. And uh, yeah, the weather's gorgeous out there. It's a beautiful time to ride. Uh, Why don't you sign off and tell us who's going to be in pink? Well, I've got another sign off to do, but let's go around and we'll talk about that. Who's going to be in pink? Why not? I'm, I'm making it hot. I'm making it flaming. I'm making it as steaming as I can make it. Jarlinson Pantano will be in pink this time next week. Nicholas Egg. <laughs> well, this is the Bodie Bodie saying thanks so much for listening to the Yeah You Ride podcast. Feel free to email us at yeahyouride at gmail.com. And I think that next week, this time, Mr. Tom Doodoo Lynn will be in pink. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.